Hello, everyone, and welcome to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, a segment of the Pro-Life Guys podcast. You might be wondering, what is this new series that you are doing? Let me share with you. We want to, in this series, highlight some amazing pro-life activists that are out there. Some of them we know, some of them we don't know. Some are full-time, some are part-time, some are just doing things on a volunteer basis. Uh, We are talking to people in all walks of life, in all different stages of life, to hear their stories about the great work that they are doing in the pro-life movement, the great work that they are doing exposing the injustice of abortion, and seeing people change their mind, seeing lives saved. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Peter. I am the host of the Pro-Life Guys podcast, and today I am joined by a good friend of mine, the one and only Katie Summers. Katie, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. It's my pleasure. Yeah, it's absolutely great. To to kick things off, could you share with us a little bit about yourself? Are you full-time in the movement, part-time? Do you have another job? Do you have a family? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, I work part-time in the pro-life movement. Um, I'm very lucky to have a lot of flexibility to take care of my family as well. So I'm married, I have three children. They are 11, eight, and four years old. Uh, I've been in the pro-life movement for since 2015. I started out as a volunteer, and now I am part-time staff at Toronto Right to Life. And I do a combination of street outreach as well as high school presentations in here in Toronto and, and around. Nice. That's great. Are, are you, are you still a stewardess as well? <laughs> um, I just, I just quit at the end of last year after 14 years. Wow. Yeah. I was a flight attendant for 14 years uh, towards the end. I was part-time and then I just left to focus entirely on both my family and pro-life work. That's really great. That that's cool. I I always think it's really cool to meet people who work in the airline industry, but that's just me. I I find that fascinating. There's one question, one burning question in my mind and perhaps in the minds of all of our listeners. Is it true that you met your husband in line at Tim Hortons to get coffee? It is true. It is a true Canadian love story. <laughs> yep. Uh, I wanted Starbucks, but my budget was more of a Tim Hortons friendly and thank goodness that that's where I went because I saw him uh, from far away at the airport and I thought mm, he's pretty cute but we happen to both be in Calgary even though we're based in Toronto but he came behind me in line and for the first time in my whole entire life I hit on a man <laughs> and uh, it's a good thing I did because we were married a year later that's great. That That's really, really cool. And like you said, that is probably the most Canadian love story and meetup story that I've heard before. So uh, over Tim Hortons in line. That's great. All right. So you've you've been with you're with Toronto Right to Life right now. You've been with Toronto Against Abortion. You've been in the movement for quite some time now. What? Why did you want to get involved? Like what? What made you want to have conversations with people about a really controversial subject? One of the subjects that a lot of us just tried to shy away from. Yeah, um, the urgency of the issue. Uh, when I, what really brought me to the pro-life movement was seeing victim uh, imagery and video. So the first time I saw uh, an abortion procedure was, was only a few years ago, um, a few days before I joined the movement actually. And it was so, so shocking and upsetting. And I thought, my gosh, like I've been, pro-life my whole life, 
but I'm in my thirties and I've never seen this before. That's shocking. And people, and I just remember thinking if only people saw this, it would really change our culture and the way we view abortion. And then I thought, well, I guess it's going to have to be, <laughs> it's going to have to be me. It's going to like, you know, it, we need people who are willing to, to do this work and to bring that truth to people in order to change our culture, because it is an urgent, an urgent issue, an urgent need. And, and I was no longer comfortable just, you know, living my comfortable life and knowing that I was pro-life and feeling good about that. Like that once I saw the victims, that there, that wasn't an option anymore. Anyway, I had to actually do something. That's really great. The, the temptation that I have, and I know others have as well, is like, oh, we see this injustice. Something has to be done. Um, let me throw money here and let me pray that someone else actually does something. Um, but here you are stepping up, um, reaching out to people. You saw what image, you, you saw the, the truth about abortion. You saw what abortion is doing to children. And now you're showing that to other people as well. So thank you so much for that. Could you share with us, uh, you've been doing this for a while. What, give us like a conversation or two, the, the ones that really stick with you, uh, the, the ones that perhaps motivate you or, or, uh, you know, just cause you to mourn abortion. Just share with us some of those conversations that you've had that really, really stick Mm. So one in particular uh, really struck me just because it felt like too many coincidences to be coincidence. It felt like fate. So I was, I was near the university network in downtown Toronto. So lots of university and, or sorry, hospital, university hospital network. Um, and I was out with a sign doing outreach, asking people what they think about abortion. And I asked this woman, and I didn't, hadn't noticed right away that she was pregnant. So I just said, hey, what do you think about abortion? And she said, like, how did you know that we were just talking about that? And I said, oh, I didn't. Like, do you mind sharing? Like, why were you just talking about that? And, she, and then I noticed her, her belly. And she said, I'm, I'm five months pregnant. And we just left my gynecologist appointment. And, she was, and then I noticed she was crying. And she said, my child's been, been diagnosed with bilateral hydronephrosis. And the doctor says that we should have an abortion. And so my husband and I were just talking about this. And I said, or she, first she said it was a kidney problem. And I said, hydronephrosis. And she said, yes, how did you know that? And I said, my son was diagnosed with that when I was pregnant with him. And, and she said, well, you know, we've been told we have to have an abortion. I said, no, 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 no. Like, and I told her a little bit about how that went with my son that, you know, they monitor, monitored him while I was pregnant. And then when he was born, he still had it. And a few months later, he still had it. And then one, one day it just went away. And, and that there, but that they told us there were surgeries available. Anyway, she was absolutely floored. Like I gave her a reference to a pro-life OBGYN. And I said, please get another opinion. Do not feel like you have to do this. And she like hugged me and she was crying. She said she felt like you know, God had sent me to be there at that. She, she said she and her husband had prayed that morning for a sign. And so she felt that, that my presence there was, was a sign. And I felt it too. I mean, what are the odds, right? So that was such an incredible experience. I'll never forget that. No, no, that's something you wouldn't forget. And just the, the providence of God in that, you know, they, you're, you're out there, um, you're showing the truth about abortion. These people come, they're praying for a sign. You didn't know this. You didn't know they were talking about abortion. And you're like, 
hey guys, what do you think about this really pressing issue that's already on your mind right now? And and able to to see that child live. Have you been able to meet that child afterwards? Just curious. Unfortunately, no, I haven't. But um, but I pray for those the that couple and and I just know like she she just felt like she was being pressured and that there was no other option. Right. So I just have I have faith and confidence. I I did um, call my doctor and left her message and said, please, you know, give this woman hope and, and let her know there's another option because that's really what she's looking for is a doctor that she can trust that can tell her there's another way because there is, there's always another way. Yeah. In, in our experience, we often see people who get this advice from their doctors that this is the, the only thing you can do. The, the only real option for you is to have an abortion. And it, that's a good point that you make that, um, you know, there are pro-life doctors. There are doctors who are like, I'm going to work with you and do everything I need to do to save both you and your child and to do everything I can to make both of you thrive while you are under my care. And so that's one of the things we often share with people is get a second opinion, get a third opinion, reach out to someone who's going to care for yourself and your child and, and go from there because th those, uh, those options most certainly are available. Katie, you, uh, I can't remember when this was, two years ago, year and a half ago, you were assaulted by a pro-abortion activist at Ryerson University when you were reaching the Ryerson students with uh, the truth of abortion, having those conversations. Could you share with us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, we were going to Ryerson on a weekly basis. And that particular campus has a lot of pro-choice pro or pro-abortion activists who come out and they try to cover our signs. They try to prevent us from having conversations. And so this was the case on this particular day. And then when we were getting ready to leave out of nowhere, um, this woman just assaulted myself and, and a colleague. And it was really scary because I'm used to some hostility sometimes from people, especially pro-choice act activists, but not like this. Like she, she was really, she threw a card at me. She, was wrestling me around by my backpack. It was, and I was really scared. Uh, and it took a while for me to be ready to go back to the streets. But ultimately, that was that was always the goal. Um, she did plead guilty in criminal court, so that's reassuring. Um, yeah, so that was that was hard. Yeah, I remember seeing the footage of that and hearing the stories afterwards of, of all that transpired that day. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, you mentioned the hostility. We get the hostility, but but sometimes there are these people. Um, how did you, if, if you don't mind me asking, how did you navigate your way through, you know, getting better from that, healing from that? It was a traumatic experience um, so that you can be where you are today uh, with Toronto Right to Life. Well, it took, it took some, some therapy and it took uh, a lot of praying about, you know, whether, whether I could go back to pro-life work safely. Like I am a mother and I'm, I, I was worried about, you know, incidents like this harming me and ultimately my family. So it was a lot of, it took a lot of time and, and energy and prayer to, to get over that and to trust people again. Right. Cause it's, it's hard when something like that happens just over disagreeing with over opinion, right? Like for someone to attack you like that. One of the things that kind of gave me 
gave me hope though was um, seeing the responses online is by and large, even pro-choice people were like, this is not acceptable. Like this shouldn't have happened. Um, and then I just, I just realized, you know, we got to make sure that we're safe when we're out there. So have cameras and have self, self-awareness and situational awareness, but ultimately I have, I have to go back out there. Like I really do feel like I've been gifted with, the ability to talk to people about this really hard issue in a way that it usually goes really well. You know, we, we always find some common ground. I always have good conversations with people, even if we disagree. And I feel like that's really a gift to, to want to do it as a gift, right? There's, there's the difference between knowing you should and, and wanting to, and that, and that's a gift. I really want to go out there and talk to people and I enjoy doing it. And so I, I, that was my goal from the moment it happened. I, that was one of the thoughts going through my head shortly after, oh no, I'm not going to be able to be on the streets for a while now. And that's, that was really upsetting, but um, I'm really happy to be back. Katie, we are also happy that you're back. We're happy that you're out there. One of the things that might sound kind of stunning, kind of strange, is what you just said. You enjoy being out there. I mean, you said it's a gift that you want to be out there. You enjoy having these conversations. Help us out. You know, you're talking about abortion. Why do you enjoy having these conversations? Because like I said, it's, it's amazing watching somebody go from thinking they feel this way about the issue, right? Thinking, oh, I'm pro-choice and, and that's probably not going to change. And nearly every single conversation, seeing them move closer to the pro-life viewpoint, even if they don't change all at once right away, every conversation, people move every single time. And it's so encouraging, like to see somebody who starts out saying, oh, I'm okay with it in the first trimester. And then you kind of have a conversation about that and you realize they, they're not actually, they're just confused about prenatal development. And when you point right. out the facts to them, they're like, oh, I didn't realize the heartbeat was 18 to 21 days, or I didn't realize brain waves were around five to six weeks and then have them move even just that far, right? And then when you delve into that a little bit more, it's not, it's not hard to go all the way pro-life, right? But usually it does happen in stages for people. And so it's so encouraging to see minds changing every single conversation, like every single one. And then to have pe- the people who completely change is, is very, very encouraging and rewarding, right? It makes it worth it. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. To, to see people change their minds, to, to go from beginning of the conversation, pro-choice, pro-abortion, and, and to shift in the conversation. Um, I've even had times, and this is not about me, but I've had times where uh, I would present possibilities or, or circumstances where abortion would be okay. And the people are like trying to convince me now that no, 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 that's that's not justified. Uh, we can't do that anymore. When at the beginning of the conversation, we, you know, they were uh, the total opposite end um, supporting abortion. So really, really cool. Um, but not every conversation is super easy, right? Not every conversation is, is going to be, you know, you mentioned they're not a, a 180 degree shifts in opinion. What would you say would be one of the hardest conversations that you've had? There's a few. Um, it's really hard. It's really hard to meet women who are post-abortive. So they've had abortions and they come up to you and they see the sign 
and they say, is that what abortion looks like? And you, you say, yes. And they say, I didn't know that. And I wouldn't have done it if I had known that. That is one of the most heartbreaking, difficult conversations to have, because now we're talking to somebody who has had an abortion, who was not given the truth and is now very upset about that. So that, that's, that's always very difficult and upsetting because, you know, you just wish that it had been another way. And it's also, it's hard talking to people who don't value life because they don't value their own life. Hmm. That is always so hard. And that's, that's also though a time when you realize how important this work is, not just for the children, right? Not just for the preborn children, but also for the people like that. There's so many people out there who are lonely, who are broken, who are hurting, and they just hardly ever have anybody who's willing to stand there and listen to them and talk to them and care for them. And so it's, it's, it's astonishing to me how often I go out on the streets to try to have conversations about abortion. And what I end up doing is having conversations with people who just need somebody to talk to. And those ones, as hard as they may be, are so life affirming. You know, the, the people I've, I've been hugged on countless occasions by women who've been sexually assaulted or by, you know, people who are just have had really hard lives and just talking to them for however long, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, and just listening. And then they, they say, you know, thank you for being here. And, and what's funny is that, you know, when at the end of those conversations, when we've just talked about them and how, how their life has gone and, and why they should value their own lives, they always leave with a better, a better feeling towards pro-life people and a more negative feeling towards abortion at the end as well. So even that, even just being there for somebody tends to make them more pro-life as well. It's really encouraging. Yeah, yeah, that is. And, and this gets to my final question, and you've alluded, it, alluded to it several times, I guess. There might not be an it, but uh, you've shared a lot of reasons. But if there's someone listening who's nervous about getting involved, nervous about the conversations and the difficulty of them, um, just with, 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 by lack of experience and just not knowing how to have those conversations, what sort of encouragement would you give to them? And why would you say that this is something they should do? This is a movement they should get involved in. This is work they should, uh, they, they should reach out and do. I would say doing something is always better than doing nothing. Um, doing a little is also better than doing nothing. Um, you don't have to make this your full-time job. You don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to do everything to do something, right? Just carving out a little bit of time whenever you can, as much time as you can, to be willing to do this work that is so important is all you, is all you have to do, and you will get better. It's like, it's like anything else, right? You know, you go out the first few times and you're scared and, and you have conversations and you think, oh man, that didn't go very well. And later on when you're in the shower, you think, oh, I should have said this. Every time happens every time. Yeah. <laughs> every time. And it comes to you later and you're like, oh, right. But then the more you do it, the more comfortable you are, the more those, those moments are fewer and fewer. 
you know, where you didn't say the right thing, the more you do say the right thing and you see what an impact it makes. And, you know, you don't have to even have, do you know how to have a conversation? We all know how to have a conversation, right? Just know your own position. Um, know the logic of why, you know, why we're pro-life. Um, the the pro-life position is basically it is wrong to intentionally kill innocent human beings. Abortion intentionally kills innocent human beings. Therefore, abortion is wrong. It's that's that's all you need to know. And then just ask people questions. You know, you don't you don't even have to think about it as about people asking you and oh no, what am I going to say? Ask them questions, right? And and when you don't know what to say, ask them more. <laughs> and if you need a moment, ask them why. And, and then it'll come to you what, what to ask next. And so just being willing to do it, however much you're, you're able, is a great start. And it's, it's far better than nothing because we need more people who know the truth and who, who care about the preborn children and care about the women and, and men suffering from abortion to be willing to go out and do it. That, that is spot on. And if you want to learn more about pro-life apologetics, check out the Pro-Life Guys podcast. That's our main series that we do. Every single week we come out and we share how we have conversations about abortion, some of the tips and tricks and strategies that we use when we are on the streets. Katie, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for being on Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it, uh, it was my pleasure. It's great. I always love chatting with you. Um, and it's really good to hear some of these stories um, the good, the bad, and the encouragement for why people should join the movement, why people should get involved to end the killing of preborn children. My name is Peter. I'm the host of the Pro-Life Guys podcast. This is the Humans of the Pro-Life Movement series that we have. We also have another series, which is really exciting. I find it exciting. It's called The Pulse. We're coming out with it every single month. And on The Pulse, we are going to be sharing pro-life news from around the world. We're going to be gathering the news, the good and the bad and everything in between and sharing that with you so that you can be in the know about what is going on, where the victories are, where the losses are, and uh, and you can know what is going on. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope to see you next time. And let us know what, what you thought about this episode. Let us know what you thought about the video uh, in the comments below. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, and don't forget to reach out to us with any questions that you might have. You can find us, prolifeguys.com is the website. You can find us on Facebook, the Pro-Life Guys podcast, on Instagram, at Pro-Life Guys. We are on Twitter, at Pro-Life Guys as well. So reach out to us, follow us, and, uh, and do get involved. Katie, thanks again. Uh, we absolutely loved having you on, and we will see you all next time. <laughs>